0: Yeah, don't feel like you have to wait for us to tell you. Oh, Michael, what do you think? Just if you got an opinion and we're done talking, jump in there. Did like you just give just... him the okay to butt in?
1: <laughs> oh crap! Think about
2: that. Oh think no!
3: That. What have I done?
2: So I I understand. So you're you're like um, organized.
0: No, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> no. I would not go that far at all. I don't think
1: we're organized, but we try to what? communicate without talking.
0: Rocco said he highlights bullets so that he'll talk about them. Now I know I, now I know all the mistakes I make because I I never realized that was what we were doing there. With the- <laughs> <laughs> so he's probably like, why does he keep covering everything I highlight? Oh, well, I just told him I wanted to cover this for crying out loud. Yeah, we're real organized, Michael. Baird. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: So Rocco's organized. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Let's take a quick sound recording, though.
2: This is an example of Speaks, an audio compression codec specifically designed for the representation of human voice.
1: It's the Uh, Mumble uh, Man.
0: uh, uh. Welcome to another episode of Destination Linux podcast.
1: Welcome to episode 57. I'm Rocco. And I'm Ryan. And this is Destination Linux. And this week we have a super special episode. How about it, Ryan?
0: Man, it's a super, super special episode because not only are we going to leave Producer Zeb here with us, but we've got Michael joining us too. Yay! Every fan should be happy now, Rocco. That's right. I agree. So (laughs) we have, get this, we have...
1: PZ, producer Zeb and Michael, who's also known as producer Michael. Two producers in one show.
0: This should be the best run show ever. <laughs> we should have
1: no technical errors at all. That's right. So Ryan, what's been going on this
0: week, man? I don't want to talk about it, Pass. Ryan, what's been <laughs> going on this week, man? Dude. <laughs> it's been so bad. The the week's been great, let me tell you. Let, let me start with the good stuff. Yeah. So I decided to do Eric's uh, for Arch Merge, Arch Merged, right? And yep. do phase three and four of his training. Phase three and four is, is I3 level advanced here, where you basically take Arch and you install your own desktop on top of it. And for some people, it may be really simple. But for me, I conquered it and got Mate installed, and I was so excited. And I thought, nothing's going to take me down, Rocco. Nothing. You're a There's mentor. nothing I can't fix now. <laughs> All right. I use i3. I can install my own desktop from scratch. Incredible. And then and what? Then, and then I had a couple issues. Minor? Getting, couldn't log in. <laughs> Just a minor issue. But this isn't on the Arch merged machine now. This is on my main. This is on the Beast. Yeah. And so there were some patches that happened over the weekend. And apparently it only affects me and a couple other people, and I couldn't log in unless I did it, Control-F1, F7, to get to my screen. Then random things started failing, like my Intensity Pro no longer worked, so I couldn't get my Crouton video out, because I now have Crouton on my Chromebook, and all of this stuff. And then my mic stops working. Yeah, what's well, bad about that? Well, I had to, I had to do... <laughs> how dare you? I had to do a massive reinstall, because I was I was thinking it was Arch-related. But it wasn't. It was a hardware issue. So guess what I'm on right now. What are you on? Majaro. No, you're not. Stop it. Stop lying. Uh, A Linux from scratch.
1: Are you on a (laughs) semi-iPad interface object?
0: Yeah, I got this. I I keep trying to scroll on my screen, but... uh, (laughs) Ubuntu gnome uh, that I have here, and uh, it's barely set up. I got it running, as you know, an hour before we started recording, but here I am, and uh, so all of my issues, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll have to tackle them after the show. That's been my week. It's been great, Rocco. How about you? Well,
1: um, I was listening to all of the uh, podcasts out there and hearing all the buzz about KD Neon and all of the challenges going out there and it just made me, you know, kind of like say, well, maybe I'll check it out. So, I installed it on a second drive and man, I miss KDE. Oh my gosh, dude. Okay, so <laughs> wait. Let me preface this by saying that uh-huh. you know, one of the reasons why I'm not running KDEs cuz, you know, this like iPad cuz oh. it's I like iPad it. No. Uh it's a little buggy sometimes and what do you know? I install KD Neon on a separate drive, and I Uh do the first thing that everybody does. What's the first thing you do? You update. Yeah. So I hit the updates, and Discover comes up, and then completely crashes. (laughs) That's the first thing that happened to me on KD Neon.
0: (laughs) If there's a bug, we will find it. Oh, my
1: gosh. It's
4: supposed to have
2: improved. Well, when did did you install Neon? Because there was a little time period where it it was out but not available in Neon.
1: I just downloaded the ISO
0: yesterday, so
2: oh, okay, it was there then. Never mind. It was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if there's a bug, Rocco and I will find it. Yeah. That's that's the thing. Like other people, I was talking to Eric about the issue I was having. He's like, "No, I'm not hearing much about it." And I'm like, "Of course not, because it's just me." And same with Rocco, we will find the only bugs out there.
1: So I've been checking out KD Neon, and like I said, I really, really missed a lot of the – so many features that you – if you don't run it for a while, you're like, oh, wow, I remember that. Oh, wow. You know, so So, – So when will
4: you be hopping? (laughs) (laughs) When's the official transition? To
1: be honest with you, I really like it. But I don't know if I want to stay with the user edition for KD Neon. I might – think about i don't know when and we'll talk about plasma 5.12 later in the episode but i don't know when 5.12 will be the lts so maybe when that happens i mean when it will become out in the official lts it is yep
0: right now yep i'm switching well look at that (laughs) (laughs) and you know what he'll say next week he'll be like well you know why i switched ryan because it just works. That's what I said. I, sa- I said to myself
1: yesterday, if I will wait till the LTS comes out, and then I will switch to it, so I don't have to worry about, you know, maybe a future update causing bugs before it's actually stable. So, man, now you I got haven't me installed
2: thinking. the LTS version, but I know, I know someone who had inst- who installed the five point eight version, and who did confirm that the five twelve was was pushed to them. Wow. so it should be in the ISO as well.
0: Nice, I got it. <laughs> so is that what you're doing tonight, Rocko? Well, we can, uh... okay. So
1: here's the thing: I got hopefully a, not. We've got a show on, boys. Remember that drive I have? That second drive that I got Xfce on. Yeah. As my backup, I might slow <laughs> clear neon on it
0: over Xfce. <laughs> Nuts?
1: And then run that, and I can still leave Mate here. So, but is that considered a distro hop then?
0: hmm no it's,
1: yeah. it's still That's here. a sidestep you give Pretty a
0: sidestep right. yeah, yeah. distro stepping all right enough
1: about that zeb what you been up to man
4: well i'm a bit like you but i've been desperately trying not to distro hop mm. wow so, <laughs> <What the hell? laughs>
0: why have self-control <laughs>
4: i'm i'm looking at my hard disk now and listen in, in literally in the last three days i've tried pc linux os why i don't know but i did um <laughs> Ubuntu Bionic Beaver, KDE Neon, and Anarchy. Now, the biggest pain with the Anarchy is it's like a semi-arch install. It just gives you the steps on a on a terminal. And I've never really, other than, I think, Architect. I've never really been down that road before. So mm. great, got it all stalled. Okay, had enough of this. Going to reboot into Peppermint. F8, UEFI, empty. Arch. Arch trashed my EFI entries. So I had to very quickly learn how using EFI Boot Manager to put Peppermint back in. So I've done it. Don't ask me how I did it, because I've since come off that page and I can't remember where it was. <laughs> but hey, my systems, I'm really bad at taking notes of the mistakes I make and how I fix them. I've made so many over these last three years that I should have a, a you know, an Encyclopedia Britannica I
0: want to, I I am really- well, you know what I started doing is I, I installed SimpleNote, and that's the first thing I install when I go to a new distro, and I pop it up because it's cloud-based, and I literally have a dictionary of all the fixes and issues I run into with every distro. And that's my first thing that I do. That way, I can, you know, take notes on the problems I have, et cetera.
1: I should so do that because I have. I'm just. <laughs> I'm in the same corner as. I have made so many mistakes and fixed some of them. Some of them, and uh, found the fix for it, and then never remembered where it was. So, yeah,
2: I've done it where I've actually um, found something that I was broken, uh, fixed it a year or two years later. You know, like find the same problem like where where was this fix and i find it i find the search on google and the answer provided um on the uh, ask Ubuntu website was by me
0: yeah <laughs> that's or pretty I'll go, bad i'll dude. go through my own youtube yeah. videos of how to fix an issue to try to find it like what did i do again to fix this?
1: i'm gonna have to watch my own kde videos to remember all the settings
0: <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> what you've been up
1: to michael
2: uh well I'm doing actually the uh the uh, the opposite of what you guys are doing where you don't want to distro hop I've actually I haven't hopped in years so I decided to do that this that New Year's resolution so this week I started doing some uh, some hopping and I've installed about probably about five or six different distros in the past day and uh, not but I've also done it in different partitions and drives and stuff so they're they're not. It's not just like one to the next and the next. They're all installed at the same time, and they're all going to be used on bare metal for like testing and stuff.
1: So what you should have said is, my name's Michael, and I'm a distro hopper.
2: <laughs> and I'm doing my best to become a distro hopper. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: But see, yeah. I don't think so, distro hopping goes quite like ours. I kind of envision Michael install something. He looks at it. That's not as good, as Kitty. That's not. All right. What's next? Download the next guy. So, like, he's not really in there. He's just looking at the competition and how Katie is
2: superior. I mean, that's not necessarily wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> I have actually done things where I was in the in the systems and I was playing with each system, uh, the DEs or whatever I was using. And I would try to do something. I was like, oh, right, that was a Plasma thing. Never mind. This doesn't work.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah like typing I, on your desktop. So what did you install? Else?
2: Uh, I installed uh, Ubuntu 1710, Kubuntu 1804, so Plasma, yeah. And um, Solus Budgie, OpenSUSE uh, Plasma. Uh, Imagine that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Magia. Uh, let's see. Ubuntu what
3: was Mate. your favorite?
2: Uh, Plasma 5.12. Actually Kubuntu 18.04 <laughs> is nice. Kubuntu? It? Did you say? Kubuntu, with Kubuntu. Plasma. But 18.04. So it's the it's the alpha. It's not no one should use it right now. It's just me playing with it, but it's it's one of those uh way before it's not even beta yet. It's not really even alpha yet, so
0: I was going to say I asked Rocco about it and he was like don't
2: yeah. You, <laughs> no, you shouldn't yet. play with it yet, but they're doing a lot of customizations that are coming in the next version that are going to be like um streamlining the uh the onboarding of someone who hasn't used Plasma before. So like wow. um they're just, they're changing some defaults that uh are commonly bothering people. So nice. that's pretty cool.
1: You mean most of them? Ooh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how many they're changing,
4: it, but it's more man. than one. <laughs> You, you mentioned Magia. I, I had there. a bad day. <clears throat> yeah. I think you you that's mentioned all... Magia there, boys. Did have you noticed how much of a drop that's taken on the Distro Watch? I mean, I know Distro Watch doesn't mean, really mean much, much it but it always used to be like four, five, or six. It's about eighteenth now, or something. What Magia? Is, is it, Magia, yeah, for sure yeah. it is.
2: I, 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 it's probably because it hasn't had any like an, an attention in a while. Like it's, it's got its last release was was like July of last year, and. uh, they do they still update packages all the time. It's just they don't do much for a promotion about that.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: maybe it's just because people it's not only people's minds because all these other things that are getting their attention. So it's just like people don't go to it. Maybe that's why it's dropping. Mm-hmm. But I like I've I've been a fan for Magia for a while. And, yep. all right. and it's just, it's it's gotten a lot of cool stuff. And especially when um I had a I have an application in their repos and it was gone. It was like outdated for like a year or two. And then this new develop this new maintainer came in and like reinvigorated my interest in it. So I've been playing with it for a while. Nice. And of course they also have plasma. <laughs> so.
1: Well, Magia was always one of those ones that had really cool features to it. So I would install oh, it, yeah. and it had some awesome things to it, but then it just always, I don't know, something always went wrong with it for me yeah. anyway, at least on my, but that's any distro for my hardware.
2: <laughs> yeah. I also, I also like the cauldron system is cool too. It's like a, it's a rolling system on top of a stable base. So that you can have the Cauldron Repro on the like Magia 6 base. So it's pretty cool.
1: Kind of like Neon.
2: Yes, kind of like Neon. Kind of like Neon. Except they roll more. They they like you start at one you start at a certain like a snapshot and then it starts rolling more. So it's kind of like Arch. Um, if you had like snapshots to just stick with one if you want, but it, you can also roll if you wanted to. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, also, this week I uh, made the Plasma Five Point Twelve promo video that was uh, uh, released along with the actual.
0: You did a good job on that,
1: man. Yeah, mm-hmm. you did. I, that. I thought Thank it was you, pretty dude. awesome, man. You have to teach me the Kaden Live ways of all of the <laughs> editing. <laughs>
2: you know what's funny is like there. You see how all the the um, the, the the effect I did where the the KDE Slimbook is has the plasma inside of the Slimbook. Yeah. In order to do that effect, I had to convert video into from 1080p into 4K and then back into 1080p so that that effect would work right. So that was that was fun.
3: Nice.
2: So lots of lots of editing on that one. Um, and also, I'm bringing back the Linux, this week in Linux show that I've been doing. So well, I haven't been doing. You've been not. taking a break.
0: You've been taking a break.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was taking a break. So, so
0: I'll finally get a reminder, a notification.
2: Yes, you will. Oh, okay. And other videos are coming too. So, nice.
0: Anna Montana is on its way.
2: someday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: that will happen. I guarantee it. Just, I just don't give you. I'm not going to give you a time frame. Just
0: not yet. That'll be like the early Christmas present, sometime to- in December this year. Today is Maybe. not that day.
2: <laughs> Christmas in July. Christmas
0: in July. Hey, we just got a month. It's going to happen in July, people. <laughs> Look
4: sure. Which year, though? He didn't say.
0: Well, yeah. as much as we associate Michael with Katie, this next article we really associate with Zeb. I mean, he's kind of got to handle this, right? Rocco?
2: Right, the peppermint eight remix. Is that what you're talking about?
4: Are we going to go down this road again? <laughs> are you? <laughs> he's going to set Zeb off. Are trying to mess with my head? <laughs> peppermint eight, respin. Two. Oh,
2: that's what it is. Okay. That's
4: what it is. It's just never happened before, as far as my knowledge. It's just because of everything that's been going on. But I'll let you have the pleasure of talking about it. <laughs> just, It's not a remix, okay? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, okay. So this is, Zeb, correct me if I'm wrong, this is not a major uh, update release. This is a few updates that went out to the Already peppermint 8 users who got it in their update manager, and they're just
4: re-releasing an ISO. Correct. Just well, so a couple of bug
0: fixes in there, though.
4: A couple of bug, a, a couple of bug fixes in the year, but nothing, nothing. You know, no, no show stoppers. And it and it's really for people coming new to peppermint, not having mm-hmm. to install the respin and then having their nice fresh system in front of them, and then waiting five or ten minutes while it gets through all of the. The, 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 the you know updates that have been happening there's been a lot of them happening in the last couple of weeks or since Christmas as we know
0: I'm glad they're remixing it
4: <laughs> leave Zeb
1: alone will you for crying out loud payback hurts mm. hey Zeb when he says why is Zeb so mean to me I will I know exactly the reason okay? I
0: had to get him back for all the comments earlier
1: all right, so what's in a naming scheme, like you know, like a number point release naming scheme? Because Elementary is going to be coming out with a new version of Elementary. They used to put their point releases at point zero zero point one zero point two, and the latest one is zero point four. And you would think that the next one would be zero point five, but it's not, Ryan.
0: No they they are going to completely drop the hammer here and change this entire naming format to something normal people would have, (laughs) like whole numbers. Mm -hmm. So the the next version will be 5.0, Juno 5.0, and this is really, you know, talking about what's coming in elementary, and there's a lot of people talking about elementary. Have you noticed all the buzz about elementary, English Bob, all these folks uh, from Biddle and Telegram talking about the greatness of Elementary, so it seems like there's a resurg- resurgence here in the uh, interest of Elementary. Not that it ever wasn't popular, but I'm hearing a lot more people talking about it. Well, they're adding
1: was- all kinds of new features to it, so you know, like it's not just a you know, they, I guess they want it to be a solid, their solid, stable release. And I have to say that I agree with the name change. I mean, who wants to do a No Point? The 0.5 it kind of yeah. makes it sound like a beta
2: exactly so. and it's most people look at it is most people will actually look at it as a beta because it's it's less than 1.0 which is like the, the common uh, software milestone that most people want
4: yeah that's what i was going to say normally if you've got a point something you're still in testing phase and then when you hit number one yes you've got your product that you can put out there so right. for them to go from 0.5 to five i can understand why they've gone to five um but they should have done it when they when they when they first left 0.1 or whatever it was they left
2: yeah or just instead yeah. of going to 5.0 go to 1.0 and just start from there
4: yeah could have done yeah but at know. least they've kept sort of a bit of continuity 0.45 yeah the numbers have still gone up and they've just changed the way it's incremented well, either way and i'm
0: glad they changed it
2: Yeah, and they they do like one release every two years, so it's like it's not like this numbering thing is gonna be like excessive later on or anything. So
0: I could tell you something here, Rocco, that I appreciate. What's that? Not many major redesigns in this. Just a lot of small, meaningful changes that add up to a more smooth experience. And you know, all the distro hopping we talk about, a lot of times there are major updates we go through when we're talking about a new release and they're redesigning this and redoing this. And you kind of wonder, you know, and some of that's good and necessary depending on how old it is and stuff. But sometimes you just want that experience to be, that's currently there solidified and not <laughs> breaking and all over the place. So when I read that, I was like, you know, elementary's onto something here.
2: Yeah, just polish it up.
1: Yep. It's, it's a good thing to, okay, so everybody, as soon as you hear about a new release, you want to know, hey, what's the what's the big feature of it? But a lot of times, it's, it's like you said, it's all these little fixes that make it whole. And mm-hmm. elementary is already beautiful. Okay, yeah. there's no question about that. Uh, so with, you know, making all these bug fixes, making all these little changes like redesign sound settings and stuff, they're adding that polished feel to it lot less crashing, that kind of thing. So, yep,
0: clean up old code base. They said closing out issue reports, increasing performance, all the things that after you distro hop for a while you long for stability yep. and performance.
2: Stability. <laughs>
0: yep. So there's Everybody no release
1: date yet. No. So they haven't set a release date, but I guess it'll will it. Are you, do you think it'll arrive before or after 1804?
2: After at least two months after.
1: Two months after.
2: Yep. That's my prediction. Two months after, maybe three at the most.
0: You heard it here first. Polish. A lot of polish.
2: I'm very <laughs> confident in that because based on their track record, that's that's usually their range.
0: Now, okay. do any of you guys run elementary? I mean, none of you talked about distro hopping to it. Is that gonna be on your list, Michael, as a distro hopper?
2: At some point, yes, I'll play with it. Uh, yeah. as far as like actually using it for a long period of time, not really. It's yeah. it's functionally, it's too limiting for me but as far as like um like an intro- introductory system it's pretty nice.
4: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've used it for for uh, about 2 weeks. Um and I followed the English Bob how to get the most out of it. Um and this is where I think where you had the uh, problem Rocco that if you then take it that little step extra it all sorts to start crumbling apart but if you take it for what it is and think of yeah. it as just Somebody coming along, here's an OS, it's a bit like Windows, you've got to use it as it is, you can't mess around with it. It actually works quite well, um, but mm-hmm. like a lot of OS is out there at the moment, I can't use it because it uses that flaming glo- global menu. I, don't, <laughs> I can't stand having Seb, my Seb, elementary in the bottom right. Come over to the dark side. <laughs> come over to the dark side, yeah. You know, my cursor's in the bottom right, and I want to change something, and I've got to go 43 inches up to the top left-hand corner for the file menu.
0: That's what happens when you
1: use a 70-inch monitor. But, Zeb, like I said to Ryan the other day, Ryan had mentioned about it. And I said, but but the good thing about it is you always know
0: where it is. Regardless, Regardless, it's always right there. But it's muscle memory. I'm looking in the app window like, where is this thing? So the Mensa user needs to retrain his brain. (laughs) <laughs> there is. use something like that.
1: There, what, what I'm something. saying is it doesn't matter where your window is on your screen. It's uh-huh. always going to be up there.
4: I'm getting a little concerned, though, because I just agree with Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> Welcome to the
0: Mensa Club, my friend. Before you know it, you'll be using i3 again. All right, <laughs> speaking of
1: elementary, they are changing their App Center. Have you guys seen this article? Man, this yeah. This is wild. Okay, so they're going to add a little feature... That when you update, when you when you get updates in your mm-hmm. update manager, you usually go and you. I don't know about you, but I usually click update all. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't update each individual one. Well, with the App Center, you get the the problem they were having is people would install an app and they would want to try it before they paid for it, which I agree with. Yeah, but their problem was that they couldn't then go back and pay for it or donate to it without uninstalling it and reinstalling it. So they had this problem of possibly losing money from the, for the developers that people might want to donate, but they didn't want to go through the hassle of that.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. And lose their settings, maybe.
1: Yes. Yeah. And lose their settings. So they came up with a plan to add a section where when you hit update all, it will not update the apps that you haven't donated to yet you'll still be able to update those apps manually you'll still be able to hit update that and put in zero or an amount Select that you want to
0: yeah from the drop down
1: right mm-hmm. but you won't be <laughs> <laughs> but you won't get it automatically when you hit update all so what do you guys think
2: it's interesting i like the idea that they're they're going to try to you know, figure out a way to solve the problem of someone trying something and then for and not being able to purchase it after they if they even if they wanted to. Uh, I like the the fact that they're trying to do that. Just, I don't like this method of doing it.
4: Because, no. it yeah, it's, right. because if someone's installed twenty applications and only want to pay for two of them, that's eighteen manual updates they've got to do.
2: Yeah. Every time, regardless. I, I mean, asked what? I asked the Uh, Daniel Foray of of Elementary. um, Is there ever going to be like a way to say like after like a few times, maybe like five times manually, could you now have it where it asks you? Hey, you've done it for five times. Would you like to make this a perma setting? And uh, they said they have no intention of doing that right now. They're just going to do it like in a manual structure. So if you have a lot of applications from the app center that are in the purchable aspect, then that could be, you know, that could get annoying pretty quickly.
0: I I love the idea. Like you said, uh, anything that draws developers in, I think elementary is doing a great thing here because you're going to, you're going to get, you're going to even draw new developers in if they can make money off of this, if it's something that they can, you know, potentially survive on. And a lot of these apps that my, my personal rule of thumb is if I use it for any commercial purposes, I donate like Caden Live, et cetera, yeah. then you give Free. donations for those. Mm-hmm. If it's not something I'm using on a regular basis or for any commercial purpose generally, I don't unless it's just something that really blows my socks off and I use it a lot. Yeah. So it just I love the idea. I love everything about it. And I think elementary, if they get a good system for getting developers paid for this, is gonna draw a lot of people developing within their platform. The downside of it is I think it's just going to the people who don't like elementary OS. It's just going to annoy them that much more and I can give it another try. Maybe they don't care. And for some other people, it's going to start having some reminiscence of, I don't know, being in a window store where everything, you know, he's con- constantly wanting to get nagged for paying for stuff and that type of thing. It It's weird because I want it to happen. And I just don't know that, like you said, this is the right way to go about it. I love the idea. I love the implementation. Not sure this is it.
4: The right I mean, is this yeah. is this a big enough thing to cause a Patreon-type backlash, where they suddenly have to go, oh, sorry, lads, we did this the wrong way. We'll go back to the old way until sort of we thought of a better method.
2: I mean, it could, like it, it, it could annoy enough people to make that happen, but um, I think that the solution should have been, like, this should just be like a notifi- notifier, and the, after the first couple times, it you know, let you continue to do it without having to do it manually every time. So like if it's a hassle in the first time and like, you know what is a good, is a good system. I'll go ahead and pay Mm -hmm. for it. I I like it. But if it just continuously stopped, like there are other ways they could have done it. There's like a notification that sends you to make it possible. So them. just if someone says, you know what, I'm going to pay for it now, instead Mm -hmm. of having to wait for an update, they could just go into the front page of that application and pay for it there. But it seems like right now it's just an updates mechanism. So like that's kind of limiting people to the, yeah. Only do it when there is an update.
1: Well, elementary's always been on that edge of kind of you know, being getting people upset about the way they go about, you know, donating and being really forthright with saying people should donate. And yeah. I think you're absolutely right. There could have been a such an easier fix, like even a checkbox. Like you could have had all your updates listed, and the apps that you haven't paid for could be unchecked. Yep. But mm-hmm. you could simply hit the checkbox to check them all, and then hit update all. Would have been a way better solution, in my opinion, yeah. uh, for the user itself.
2: Yeah, know? i would I wouldn't really have a problem with the with the nagging a little bit. It's just like the the, the manual forcing of it. it's not just you have okay select this one and select this one. It's you have to go in and manually pick. Okay, zero 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 you have to type it in every mm-hmm. single time and that's just excessive like if they had a if they did a compromise of both uh kind of nagging to, to pay for it but also allowing them to uh at least at some point streamline that more then that would have been fine mm-hmm. um, but it, i think at this point is it, it might even i don't i don't know if this is maybe just a you know a overreaction in my my point but like they could just bypass the App Center entirely and use like a PPA or something.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, another change they're adding onto each individual program is down at the bottom, there will be a fund button, which is kind of almost solves the problem in a way for people who want to go back and donate to an app anyway. Yeah. But either way, I love elementary. I think they're doing awesome work. I think they're the one of the leaders in the community as far as like when you say what do I want a district to look like, the, everybody um, yeah. everybody follows them because they
2: do awesome work. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very very beautiful. So uh, interface. We I hope. S- it, I hope it it works out well for them. I mean, I hope it doesn't it doesn't backfire like people think it will. Because uh, this one is like one of those solutions that they is at least it's a reasonable decision rather like the the previous issues that people had with them were not as reasonable but this one totally is yeah it's it's annoying but it's not it's not a deal breaker right.
0: well, i'm sure if they get enough backlash they'll probably figure out a better compromise to it so we'll see but we also got cali linux in the news with the new release there rocco 2018.1 do you know I've never tried Kali Linux Well you should use it as a daily driver <laughs> right Michael you're not supposed to. <laughs> no. do So Cali Linux is an offensive security based distribution. they recommend you not use it as a daily driver and they have some new releases in here where they've just they've done some works with enabling automatic encryption at the DRAM. So less susceptible to cold boot attacks, which is pretty cool. They've increased the memory limits on this because they have servers and things. A lot of people who do penetration testing, that type of stuff, are obviously doing tests with this on servers. So they've done some work to increase that. They've updated a bunch of their security packages in here. Now, I've played with Kali Linux. Now, Michael's probably way more expert on this than me, but I've played with it. One of the things that is amazing about this distribution is that even as somebody who doesn't do this for a living does the security penetration testing, that type of thing, you can go into that distro and start using those tools with very, very little instruction. Like they're so well-written. And if you have a general idea of how networking works, you'll understand very quickly what each of those tools actually is there to accomplish. I will also tell you, you could get yourself in big trouble if you start running some of these tools off of uh, outside of your own network. So um, they yeah, they do give recommend- you a big
2: warning. Don't do this unless you have permission to do this.
4: Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, so I mean, it's really cool. But it, is that a good thing though? To put that powerful piece of software out there so that any numpty yeah. mootie- No, it's not. It's not like
2: it's not mm. like ScriptKitty easy. It's not. It, you still have to. Le- you still have to spend time to learn how it all works. It's just. Mm-hmm. It's just not in the sense of like it used to be before Cali, before Backtrack, before these things where you um, had to set out everything yourself. You had to install the individual applications, You had to set up the structures so that they would run. You'd have to know why uh, one application needs per certain permissions versus the other ones. Mm-hmm. It, it just makes it so it, like the introductory ac- access is, is there easier. So gotcha. it, it still requires a little bit of, um, of research to understand how it works.
0: And think about it this way. With all those tools being there, now the you know, white hat and gray hat folks are in there patching and figuring out ways to stop those type of attacks. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are what they call script kiddies, where they go online, they download some of these tools, they run them, and they don't really know how it's working behind the scenes. They just know that yeah. tool's there and they run it. So this allows, actually, people to do penetration testing on their servers and see how their servers will react to it and ways to mitigate it. So in, in that aspect, it's really kind of taking the bad and putting that out in front of people who are good so that they can figure out how to mitigate it which is really awesome. You can install any of these tools by the way on any yeah. you don't have to use Kali.
2: Yeah the, the reason why Kali is, is done is because it's, it's just easier and has every, it's it's like by default it's root only and mm-hmm. like it just makes some applications run uh, more efficiently in, in for like pen testing stuff so mm-hmm. like Metasploit runs better if it's root, things like that but um, it, it's actually... A good thing, like the latest releases, like it's, it's a couple years ago they didn't do this solution, but I'm glad they're still sticking with it. They were used to be based on Ubuntu, and then they switched away. They're like the, the the concern that you had, Zeb, was the, the, the making it easy for people to get into it. So mm-hmm. they switched to Debian to make it a little bit more difficult. A
4: little bit so, more difficult,
2: yeah, yeah. So it is actually um, they they are trying to take some precautions in that case.
4: Mm-hmm. Now, is there? A Microsoft equivalent set of tools, or is this unique to Linux that can allow them to do all this sort of penetration testing?
2: Some of the tools, yes. Uh, some of the tools, no. Um, like Metasploit, and uh, is is pretty much just a Linux only thing. Mm-hmm. But there's there's other ones. Um, I think Wireshark works on both. Yeah. It might it, it oh, might okay. not, it might not work on Windows, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it does. Yeah. Yeah. And um, like there's certain tools in it, but as far as like a collection. I, I don't think there's as many or as like a a like pre-configured structure, like you could install and have all these available. I don't think that's possible.
4: Yeah. yeah. So yet again, Linux is leading the way. Definitely. Of course.
1: All right. So mate 1.2. Tell Zero. us
0: about this Rocco. I know you're going to tell us about this. Well,
1: see, I don't have it yet. Okay. So but you've got mate, you're a mate guy. I'm all the bunch mate running. Awesome. Um, so this has a it, – it's not like a huge release, but it has some really cool features to it that came out. So number one, I don't have a high DPI display, but it's awesome to see people, distros, desktop environments, working mm-hmm. on high DPI for people who do. Zeb, you have a high DPI, don't you?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So what you need to do, your homework, Zeb, is to try out 1.2 when it comes out and see if it's any better than it used to be. <laughs>
2: Okay. What's really cool about the high DPI for for Mate one point uh, twenty or whatever um, is that it's automatically detects what the high D, what DPI it needs to be.
0: Nice, I love that. Okay. Nice. The auto detection stuff is so much nicer. Than yeah. so, to go manually it doesn't.
2: It doesn't do fractional scaling yet, which is uh at some point it will. But like the coolest thing is that it has um it has the auto detection whether if like if you have high DPI display, it was like okay you have this, you want it this way, you don't have to manually go and change it. But another thing is that the icons for the high DPI are separate from the font structure. So while the icons are not going to like fractionally scale, the fonts will. So like you you have, you'll have uh, it'll automatically – like if you have your icons that are like slightly too big or um the full like, adjustments. Um yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> well how else are you supposed to push on them with your finger? <laughs> yeah. So
1: Marco received some updates as well. <laughs> and Ryan, we were talking about this be- earlier and I usually switch it and I can't remember what I have it, but I usually put it on uh one Conference? of the one of Conference. the hardware Accelerated, yeah. I don't know if it's Compton or what, but I usually switch it. But Marco itself got some updates, so now you have window tiling. Ryan, you're a big fan of window tiling,
0: I know, but it's probably not anywhere near as powerful as i3. But at least they're trying to give you some baby steps before <laughs> you get this for the it. common user
1: desktop not, environment, not the mens users. This is for the common man here, okay?
2: He, he wants a combination of three. <laughs>
0: it's great. You know, you have like step one, step two, step three uh, distro. Step three, of course, is I3. This is kind of like a step two now. You got a little bit of tiling. You can figure it out before you end up jumping to I3. Mm-hmm. Kind great. of
1: like, like the Arch Merge Learning Process type thing.
0: Yeah, the Phase 3 and 4 that I completed successfully but then on my main machine couldn't boot back into Arch. Yeah. <laughs> Works perfectly.
1: <laughs> so it also comes with support for global menus. I know Zeb's. You're a big fan of global menus, so well, there yeah. you go. And yet
4: you yeah. want me to try
1: this? <laughs> yeah.
4: Congrats, you don't so have to use it's a global a menu. It's an yeah, notch. I'll be dribbling at the cheeks next week. So,
1: <laughs> well, okay. So the biggest disappointment in this whole thing uh-huh. is the fact that the Invest applet has been dropped. Oh, Just man. saying. I know you guys are my high favorite. on that app, but you're not. You're no, you're no longer going to get that. <sighs>
2: that just means we can't use Monte anymore. <laughs> yeah. So.
1: My my favorite out of all this though is the Mate themes have seen significant improvements. Mm. I love theming improvements.
0: So uh, Rocco's going to be like that's yet to be <laughs> determined. You have it I'll be, be the judge of that. <laughs> right, I'll let you know if they've improved or gotten worse, buddy.
2: The Pixel Police.
0: I, I like the squashed hundreds of bugs dead. That was their direct quote. I love it.
1: They, they always come up with one of those one-liners. Yep. So, anybody tried Monte recently? Yes. Yeah. I, I tried.
2: I tried both uh, this new one, sort of, and also um, seventeen ten with the uh, one t- one point eighteen. So, what do you think? Uh, it's been a while since I used Monte. Well, um, anything other than plasma, really. But uh, it's actually really good. Like, it, there's a lot of improvements that I've seen that I've noticed that are like I haven't really dive into before, in oil in a while, except by like a VM. But like, it's 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 fantastic, actually. Like there. The, the interface switcher is actually better than it used to be. Mm-hmm. There's uh, there's imp- there's things that I was playing with that I was like, there's no way it's going to work. But uh, like every time I use a new DE, I'll, I'll try to do something that is a plasma thing to see if it works. And almost every time I'm, I'm disappointed. But Mate has like multiple things where it just did it. Cool. And I was like, oh, wow, it's actually built in. That's surprising. Did you oh, hear really- that, Ryan, that it was fantastic?
0: Yeah, that's really cute, guys. What I did is I <laughs> built Monte from scratch on top of Arch. Do you hear well, me? I, I know I I've got the real I experience. I used think-
2: 1804 Alpha so I could have 1.20. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't think the screen's big enough for Ryan.
0: <laughs> I built it from scratch, Rocco. Okay. Following Eric's tutorials, step-by-step, step, pausing, doing exactly what he did. It worked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Brilliant. No, but I like mate. It was nice. It's still on my machine over there. It's great. There's nothing wrong with it.
1: Is that mm-hmm. all you got? There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> That's the best you got. I mean,
0: it's nothing. There's nothing about mate that makes me just like you know. Wow. Not necessarily my my favorite distro or a uh, desktop environment, but when you get into it, you cannot deny certain aspects of it. Its beautiful. <laughs> Some of the things like being able to type on the desktop and you, you can get to your apps, just a lot of the conveniences, the customization and stuff. And Mate's neat. It's well laid out, but there's nothing there's nothing spectacular about it, but the spectacular part may be it works.
1: So it just
2: works. There you By go. By default, I think Mate kind of has the same problem that plasma does. There's there's so many things that it can do that it has built into it, especially Ubuntu Mate's like custom customized version. Like there are so many things that it has that are just off. That you would like if you had if you turn them on like for example Synapse or and, and Tilda, mm-hmm. those are built in by default but they're just not on so like the, the benefit that you have of like using KRunner where you type on the desktop you can do that in Monte in Ubuntu Monte just, just not turn. on by default gotcha and, and the default interface is like the old um, GNOME two style interface when they have all these other great options that are all better in my opinion. But they're for some reason still using that one by default. I mean, it was a community decision that they kept it, but uh, I they should change that. They should you
0: never listen to the community. Haven't they learned anything?
2: <laughs> <laughs> they have so many different interfaces that they could use that would be so much better by default. I, I hope they consider it. I agree. I agree.
0: I agree. They built it from scratch, Rucko.
1: Whatever, dude. <laughs> you know what you don't have? Oh, I guess you probably could install it. What's that? The Software Boutique.
2: Yeah. If I wanted to. But it. actually, that, you could if you're, while you're on Ubuntu. I think the Software Boutique only, only works He's on Ubuntu. on the Arch. Yeah, or you can't have it then.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'll make it work. I'm an i3 user. Right, sure. You, you let me know how you work out that. <laughs> All right, so Solus has some news as well, including Mate.
0: Man, Mate's hot this week.
1: So Solus will be getting, by the time this airs, they will have the Mate 1.20 desktop in the Solus Mate version. So all of you Solus users out there, let us know exactly how the uh, Mate version is when you get it. But they also have some Plasma updates.
2: Yeah, the the early access installation system for Solus or, or Solus Plasma Edition.
1: Have any of you guys tried it?
4: No. Yep. What oh wow, Zeb. What do you think? Um, it's plasma. It's <laughs> just not me. I've right. never, I've never got on with plasma. I mean, I really used to love KDE four, but as soon as they started bringing out Plasma five, I, there's just something about it that I can't, I can't get used to it. So it never stays on there for very, very long. I mean, you could use Plasma before, but you had to go in, install, let's say, Budgie, and then grab everything that talked about KDE or Plasma, even the dev versions, and then you could get um, a, a KDE-type desktop. So, yes, it worked, and it works well. For, and, and out of the box, they've only just released it. It's really, really good. Yeah, but and it makes some nice customizations, software.
2: too. Hmm like they've, they've 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 uh they've changed the the interface and stuff like one of the things that I've been wanting for Plasma to change um like kubuntu doing and now seemingly uh, solus as well whenever they release it but it, it's currently in like a beta phase so like they're not actually releasing it publicly so
4: yeah it's uh, only for patrons yeah yeah
2: yep. but it's 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 really cool what they're doing and I've only lo- I've only looked at it. I, w- I wouldn't say I've used it, but mm-hmm. it's uh, it's got a nice improvement to the the UI that I've wanted, where it's got a hybrid design of the dark panel and the bright windows and stuff. So like there's there are things that are doing that are unique to um, so well unique right now for Solus, but um, like it's it's I'm excited. It's one of the things that like not having plasma is one of the things that keeps me away from using Solus. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a big potential that I might, you know, really? care, care,
1: maybe is that an announcement? Are you making? No, no. Are you going to stay no. on Solus for the whole year like Rocco?
2: <laughs> yes, for like, at least three hours.
1: <laughs> hey, Zeb was talking earlier and I was if if it was Ryan speaking those same words, I would have just. <laughs> into him. But it was Zeb, so I held that. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: why wouldn't you treat us the same?
1: Well, maybe if Zeb's in more episodes, then I'll, like, <laughs> unleash on him. But.
0: <laughs> yeah, Zeb, he's all nice to you at first, but you just wait. You do more episodes, he'll
4: come after you. I'm staying in the background, boys. Yeah,
0: <laughs> cold-blooded. Well,
1: I downloaded the ISO, but I did not get to install it, so I ran out of time. But
4: Yet.
0: Well, we heard earlier you're switching to KDE Neon, right? Well, I didn't say
1: I was switching. I said I was going to install it on another drive. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's already installed on another drive, but I would install it on like one of the – as my backup, maybe Mm -hmm. even use it as my main for a little bit because I can switch back and forth between them.
0: For a little bit or forever, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) He's
2: going to stay on Neon for a year.
0: (laughs) He guarantees it.
1: Guaranteed. Because it just
4: works, <laughs> one day at a time <laughs> but, over the next 1,800, 1800 days. Yeah. Plasma, plasma is so
2: good, though. Like this, uh, Solus bringing in plasma is great because they they've already got the inclusion of five twelve. So, like, uh, they're. I mean, it's it's still in the testing phase, but it's it's great. So, I'm I'm looking forward to it.
0: So, let's talk about five twelve, Michael. Absolutely, five twelve. The new release. They're going to focus on speeds. And stability, that's the key word. So I really want to focus on this because when you hear about, we, we've talked about the stability before. Have you seen some of the advancements or heard about what they're doing for the stability area to improve this? And is, is it going to be permanent or is it going to be the next version's not stable right after this?
2: Oh, well, I mean, as far as, far as like stability wise, Plasma is always focused on stability. Like there, there, you might have quirks, like any, any operating system, and you might have like application here or there. But how often do you have like an actual, like, your system crash? Like If you install the Plasma, you're not going to have to worry about being on Ubuntu GNOME or anything like, then just 10 minutes later before the show. But,
0: let's talk about Discover Center when we talk about stability.
2: Well, let's, uh, let's talk about um, something else.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so some of the other things is integrated Wayland support. On the LTS version. That's an interesting yeah. choice there.
2: I mean, the, the, the Wayland approach that Plasma takes is, I like it. Like Their, their phrasing was kind of odd, but like the idea is that they wanted to have uh, people could be able to experiment with Wayland a lot. And I think that's really cool, but it's not really like it's intended to be like used by default or anything.
0: Right. I love that idea. And then they talked about less CPU and memory usage. And this is something we talked about before. A lot of people had the old impression that Plasma is just this heavy desktop environment and it's really not. I've done comparison tests myself uh, between it and other light distributions like XFCE. You can make them as heavy or light as you want Uh, but they're doing additional work here with the CPU and memory usage to even make it more efficient which I think is awesome and they say they're improving Discover some more.
2: There actually are improvements. I will give them there have been improvements. There has been stability improvements. There's been like UI improvements. Like one of the things I don't like about Discover's old version was that it was um it had like ridiculously large headers for no reasons. The sections for all the applications were really big so you could see like maybe four at a time. It was Hmm. just weird laid out. Uh they've condensed that down so you can see a lot more applications and the headers are um not they at once they uh they they disappear when you start scrolling and they are automatically leaner by default. So like uh it's just So they still have it. Still has some work to go for as far as like uh, usability, but overall, I, I think it's a it's a good improvement. And my favorite part is that there was this thing that annoyed me so much that they did fix. Where you try to do the update all thing, and if you wanted to scroll to see the applications, your update. Button would like go up beneath the header. You have to screw all the way to back up to get it. That's like that's so annoying. But now it's like a global button that no matter where you go, it's still there. So like,
0: oh, speaking of global, global
2: menus return, Zeb. <laughs> <Sorry.
4: laughs> well, okay. Somebody say menu, global like menus.
2: <laughs> global menu returns in in the 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 way they phrased it, it was kind of odd, but like the return part was that it was uh returning from KDE four. So, so Global Menu has been around for a while in Plasma, but it was, it was brought in back in, in like 5.9. So like this, the text for 5.12 was kind of like referencing 5.11 and 5.8 at the same time. So like it's certain pieces that not. Because it's adds, an LTS release? Yes. Because it's an LTS release they want to reference, like, here's the difference between the other LTS as well.
1: Right.
2: And uh, that's, that's one of the things that are like, they, they did make some improvements that from the 5.11, to 5.12 for the Global Menu. So that it used to be where you, inst- when you activated the widget, it still didn't work and it yes. didn't work on some applications. Now it will automatically start running the background process. So like once you add the widget, it's just activates immediately. Yeah. So that that's a much better improvement because like when I first like, okay, I'm going to test this and I got to get, I got to deal with like this and I, I just, I launched it and it worked. I was like, oh wow. That's-
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was some specific, you had to check a box as well in the settings to make it work before
0: and.
2: It was, yeah, it, it was, was a little awkward, and it didn't work in Firefox, but now it does, and all and GTA apps as well. So it's 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 much improved.
0: KDE okay, uh, pushes the boundaries with stuff, and I, I think you know in in a good way. And one of the things that I saw in your video, Michael, that was just so cool was spring loaded folders. Oh yeah, I mean just one of those things where it's like, why haven't we had this to begin with? And uh, you basically start dragging your you know, your file over to a folder, and then that folder expands. You can see the contents of the folder before you drop it in. I mean, yeah. And then you can, and it, awesome. and it
2: keeps going like an ultimate, like un, not really like an unlimited uh, level. So you can just keep going to like keep loading more and more widgets. And then you just drop it wherever you want. So
0: cool, man. So cool.
1: Well, let's not forget that 5.12 arrives in the backports for Kubuntu as well. So if you add the backport oh, yeah. PPA, Kubuntu users can have 5.12 as well.
2: Yeah, for the 1710 users. Yep. Yeah. So like it's I'm I'm excited to for like the like just to see what the audience has, like if they're if they're going to play with 512 what they think about it. Cuz I think it's great and like the the performance improvements are somewhat noticeable on 5 uh 511 and 512, but if you if you're an LTS you're, like Plasma LTS user, it's drastically different. It's like a 30% or so improvement. So like even just even boot time is massively improved.
4: Wow. awesome. Sounds good. Um, moving on to another uh, subject now. Back back to uh, Ubuntu, and apparently in 1804, they're thinking of bringing out some snaps as part of the default packages. So my question will be: Will these be? Packages that aren't available via Synaptic or the normal Software Center are they outside the scope of normal installation, or will they be taking some of those packages and convert them in, in converting them into snaps? And if so, why? What's the benefit of having a snap over something that's in Synaptic or in you know in the repos?
2: Well, the confinement and security finishers, like the, secu- the security confinement. Is, is fantastic and snaps. So if you can, if you have something that you want to, um, you you want to have like, especially like the about ability to have multiple versions installed at the same time, transition back and forth. Um, and I would say probably though, it's going to be something that doesn't already exist as a package for Deb. That's kind of what um, Ubuntu Mate was the first one to do this. They install yeah. that that uh, application that um, the application in net for network managers and modifier for network manager. It was a snap, but I don't think it existed as a depth at the time. So like they, they included that and like it'll probably be something like that. I don't know if they're going to have support for, you know, like any big applications, but if they do, it's going to be one that's like, um, like a partnership sort of thing, probably.
4: Mm-hmm. And do you think they'll, there seems to be a lot of popular opinion at the moment that let's go and ask the users what they want do you think they'll come out and say, what do you want as a snap by default? Or will they just, you know, chuck in a a couple of nice pieces?
2: I don't think they're going to do that because like whatever they ship by default is going to be, um, this should be their decision because like you can get input for like, you know, theming and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Because if you can always make decisions based on what people's ideas, but as far as like letting the community decide what, application be included like that would probably uh, not work well because they might pick something that is discontinued at some point
0: right
2: Mm -hmm. so it's they want to make sure that they i would bet if they do this they would have a partnership with some company that would agree to maintain it for a certain amount of time at least
4: the other interesting thing about is that they might actually help you fulfill one of your predictions (laughs) of there being a snap based disco. So who have you been talking to to get them to do this?
1: (laughs) I've been actually behind the scenes working. No, let's just say that this is just a proposal. So this this is like in the early stages of saying, hey, can we do this? But if you get a chance, go over to OMG Ubuntu and read the article. I think it's hilarious. Uh, One of the quotes in here, because he lists, uh, you know, pros and cons for both. Sides and one of the drawbacks is his quote is Snap apps open slower than my front door does to the postman in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was awesome, dude. But I don't know, have you guys noticed that Snap apps open slower than a regular, like if you installed it via the PPA or via the repositories?
2: Not really. I mean, sometimes some applications will load slower, but that's because it's that application. I've, I've installed, like, the same app that was both a Snap and an app image and a Deb, and they seem to be fine. The same, they're almost identical.
1: Well, Joey also talks about theme integration not always being there um yeah that's a problem actually yeah yeah so <laughs> there are drawbacks to doing this and there's a you know it's it's not a clear road ahead but i think they're i'm telling you i think one day we're going to see this where snap will be the main system of getting your packages
4: yep. snap yeah. snapuntu i couldn't even say it snapuntu snap <laughs> or something
0: so, is there a snap I can install, Michael? To uh, I was sitting here playing with my new GNOME desktop, and I moved the taskbar to the bottom. And you know where my menu went? Instead of going to the left for my application menu, it's all the way to the right. Is there a snap for that by <laughs> chance? Because they still haven't fixed that, Rocco, GNOME lover. So,
1: <laughs> so. so um... So anyway. Question, so anyway, uh,
0: when I switched to KDE tonight, what is the best distro to run KDE on?
2: Obviously, uh, well, KDE Well, for Mensa users, probably Neon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <MinCi> users.
4: <laughs> all right. For the rest of this, it's
1: Netrunner. We're coming back to Ubuntu here, okay? We're coming back oh, to right, Ubuntu. Right, okay, yeah. so there's a new <clears throat> Ubuntu theme, and I love the fact that mm-hmm. they are trying to modernize the theme.
0: Of course
1: you do. Okay. So here's the thing. I am <laughs> news, people. I am not a, the, scheme, the color scheme in the Ubuntu theme, I am not a big fan. Okay. So. Orangey <sighs> Brown. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm not a fan of it. But I really do appreciate the fact that they're actually trying to modernize it for people who do enjoy that color scheme. So you guys should tonight go down and download that theme and check it out.
0: I plan on it. Do you, do, you, do you
1: think it looks better, Rocco? I think it's a. I think it's a improvement. I don't really. Yeah. Do, the colors really. I mean, really. Like the color is pretty much. <laughs> Rocco's like
0: if you're color blind, it's great.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, but if, seriously, <laughs> the though, purple
2: the, and orange the, is a weird combination.
1: The color I mean. <laughs> is just not there for me. All right, but uh, I laugh because this this icon <laughs> set and the theme, the icon set especially, is you know they say it's a work in progress, and yet. Like in the comments, you'll see people say, "Oh, this icon's theme stinks because it doesn't have all the apps." But it's because it's, it's a work in progress, dude. <laughs>
4: right. Like I don't get I'm it. Assuming, I'm assuming I'm this theme is already going to be on. But um, but I was going to say Busty Beaver, um, Bionic Beaver.
2: They haven't actually said it's going to be on there or not.
4: No, but is it on the nightly build?
2: You can, yeah, it's it's available there, but they they're doing it basically um uh, with the PPA anyway. So, so even, if it's, even if it's not on by default at all, no.
4: Right, I was going to say because that's good because as I say, I played with eighteen oh four and its <laughs> The color schemes are just woeful. I am sorry, I got. I think I got fed up of that color scheme in like two thousand and ten. Well, this is the new
1: seven years. This is the new Communa theme, Zeb. Yeah, Zeb. That's what the PPA Communi is. community. Okay?
2: It actually yeah. look it looks better than the previous one that's it does. true. It I wish they would pick much. either purple or orange and just use that as the oh, just use purple. Just never mind, just use yeah. purple. Just go uh, and it, they they could make it much better if they just picked one. But like this combination thing is kind of awkward, but overall like it is way better. Like and it's I really like the uh the effect they have on the the panel at the top where it has like a gradient uh, fade. It's pretty cool. All
1: right, so I know Ryan's a gnome lover.
0: Mm. I love it. I love the taskbar menu thing so much. So we had
1: talked last week, I guess it was, or the week before. One of these weeks we talked about the desktop icons going away. Yeah. Okay. So
0: Well, I'm in Gnome. I have an icon. I have a trash bin on here right now, Rocco. They're going away. Oh, okay.
4: Just checking. Yeah.
2: And also Ubuntu, you're in the Ubuntu version, which doesn't do the re- the silly stuff.
4: Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> And I've just realized Ryan's got an Ubuntu chair in the background. I do. <laughs>
2: <Yep>. <laughs> you have
1: the color scheme. Yep, he does. <laughs> well, okay, so on the GNOME blog, because, you know, everybody reads the GNOME blog, right? Um, yep. they, they put out an article just talking about the reasons that they are removing the desktop icon. So they had announced it before, and there was a lot of backlash. I think even Michael, even KDE took advantage of that and kind of like put out there that, hey, we have desktop icons. <laughs> <laughs> they did make a little bit of a point on the <laughs> Still a shot over the bow, you know, yeah. Yeah. but there there's an article explaining the reasons why they did it. And I don't know. Have you guys read the article? First of all,
2: yes, I read the reason for their in their commit log of why they did it. I, didn't, I haven't read any new article.
1: Okay. So they tried to be, um, I guess, transparent. They talk about how long they've been talking about making this change. One of the notes that, or one of the points that they make is they announced it on the known blog. And like I said, I don't know how many regular everyday users read that. I don't know how like this information would have got down to the the normal everyday user but they explain that they have been working on this and they have been talking about it for a long time and they give you reasons why they also brought in another guy talking about what the idea of removing it is and why long story short they're going to remove it regardless because it's old code and there's not much we're going to do about it except for an extension so they, they are trying to work on an extension, if I am correct, uh, to make it work. But I don't know. I'm not a desktop icon fan, but some people are. So does this turn people off to
0: GNOME? Are you talking specifically about GNOME, or are you talking about does the article turn people off?
1: I'm talking about the, the idea of removing the option.
0: It, it does for me, personally. I just... I if I want to be in a controlled desktop environment, you know, there are other, (laughs) I can just go to Windows. I I want want things that I can customize and make my own. And if I want the option to add icons to the desktop, you know, if you've got a new user, for instance, that just comes from Windows or Mac OS or et cetera, they have those abilities within there. They're going to go try that within Linux if that's how their workflow is in, in GNOME and it's not going to work there. I'm not saying it has to be there. There can be differences in that type of thing. I just, it's been there for a while. They're saying, Hey, it's incompatible code. It's not been supported for seven years. It was a tweak. It was never really part of it, you know, to begin with, and you can add it back in. But I, I just don't, I don't know about removing things that are as, I'm not saying it's super important, but as it's just a normal thing you can do in most desktops, right? Put icons it's, on the desktop. It's, it's, it's
2: very important for anyone coming from windows.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like,
2: I, I know people who will just like have everything on their desktop regardless of where it should be. Like they'll have, even they'll put their, their photos and videos and everything there. So like oh. that, that is the big thing for them. That's such a good yeah.
0: point. Uh, people at work share their screen and there's 9,000 icons on the desktop. <laughs> oh, I every file oh, uh, yeah. it's,
2: but, a, it's a bit excessive. We'll do that. People do want yeah. that. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> It's just a to me, it's a staple feature of a desktop environment that they're removing. It's mm-hmm. something that should be there, yeah,
2: and mm-hmm. it's also the reasons are terrible they're like oh yeah, we've been we're talking about this for a while. That doesn't make it a good decision just because you've been making a bad decision for a long time doesn't change it from being a bad decision.
1: <laughs> well, I would <laughs> love to get the gnome guys on to talk about their reasons and put them out in the air so that everybody can hear them, so sure.
2: And they're also there solutions awesome. were terrible too. Uh, hey, use an extension that will break at some point, or fork Nautilus and do it yourself. <laughs> Great.
1: <laughs> well, okay. So the new users are not going to be able to do that. Number one, uh, right. because GNOME itself doesn't lend itself to installing extensions very easy. Okay, so they That's make true. it. They make it. They pretty much make it difficult to install extensions. They by made default. it worse too. Yeah, they made it worse. So.
0: I remember oh, yeah. sitting here, I, I played with Gnome, this is early on in the shows, Rocco, and uh, we were doing something, and I put Gnome on my machine, and you were like, oh yeah, install these extensions, these web extensions and stuff to get in there, and I was like, there's extensions for like, no Like, not, there's nothing there to tell you that stuff is, is there, and you were talking yeah. about installing extension in Chrome and all this stuff, so that night, I'm sitting there doing all this research, it's not like it's very well made apparent when you're no. in it that's available as an option to you
1: that's because they don't want it to be well known like they're trying to limit it because they want you to they want you to experience gnome the way it is because extensions start to come in and things do start to break Hmm. and then things that you get
2: features that are normal by default then
1: (laughs) well i mean uh, normal is relative to normal expectation of
2: an average user how about that?
1: Okay. A little well, more specific. This is GNOME. This is for high-end users. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you see that
0: GNOME in the background? GNOME GNOME? Yeah, that's a yeah. GNOME GNOME there. So,
1: so yeah. there,
2: there, is, uh, there is one thing I would like. They, they do th- it's the decisions that are really weird, and like sometimes they're good, and sometimes they're bad, and sometimes they just don't make any sense. Like They did one where one side of GNOME did a decision that was good that was irrelevant completely and had no reason to be made because the other side of GNOME ruined it. So, like, there was one, yeah. You know, like, for a long time, people were like, well, I want to use extensions in my thing. We're like, well, where do you get them? Well, it's actually just kind of easier to download this the zip file from inst- and use GNOME Tweak to install it from the, from your desktop locally. And people were like, oh, okay, cool. So, and then at that point, it'll automatically update when there's a new one on the, on the site. So that's cool. Um, that's been removed by GNOME. For the GNOME tweak, you cannot install local files anymore. It just doesn't exist. And for the longest time, you couldn't download the zip files from the GNOME website. Now you can. But you still can't install them. But you can't install them. <laughs> you you used to be able to install them, can't download them. Now you can download them, can't use them.
1: Look, I'm so torn with this because I really do love GNOME. And I, I don't think this is a good decision for the overall base of users but I, i'm really torn because i love what they're doing so
2: hmm. well uh, you, so, you love what they're doing except for this 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 and this this i
1: there's not many problems that i have with no because i can usually i usually get around them but that's just me i'm not a i'm not a, oh, the a new type user icon's
2: working for you well okay
0: i was going over here to go download katie neon And when I clicked applications to launch a browser, it shrinks everything. Yes. So you can't. There's no like. So now you guys go away. There's no multitasking. You just start typing, dude. Just start typing in your iPad. Yeah, I know you could. It will come up. But I'm saying like, you guys go away. You're minimized. All my screens go away.
2: Yeah, the overview takes over everything. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's one.
1: Minor issue, Brian. Minor issue, yeah, <laughs> let's thing.
0: talk about an OS that doesn't have these type of problems, Rocco. All right, which one doesn't have them? Chrome OS, which is based on Linux. Oh my way, in case gosh. You were wondering, Here comes is, DOS Google. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, by the way, is an awesome dude who's created some amazing wallpapers, and any of my Chrome OS videos out Wait, there have hold, them in the background.
1: Hold on. That night, uh-huh. you announced that you had a Chromebook. Yeah. I think it was within 15 minutes. He telegrams me and says, here's here's
0: Ryan's new wallpaper. <laughs> and it was like Das Google all over. It's genius. You can see it on my channel. I'm using – he, now he's gone on this. You made him – the fact that he made you laugh, Rocco, now he keeps making them. So I keep getting more and more Das Google versions. And the problem is they're really good. Like the graphics are awesome on him. He's really talented. Yes, yeah. he is. But anyways, Chrome OS is ready to replace Android, is this article. And the reason I thought this was really interesting for a discussion point is obviously Chrome OS is amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. And then yeah. second, <laughs> because uh, Windows had announced this week about Windows Core. Is anybody familiar with this announcement? Yep. So the idea behind Windows Core is basically they're going to finally, because they've been wanting to do this forever... Uh, supposedly create a version of Windows that essentially people could customize. It's, and you could move the core around and a manufacturer could decide, we want this on top, we want it to look like this, blah, blah, blah. And so now it would be a cross-platform Windows. So you'd have Windows on your phone, you'd have Windows on a tablet, you'd have Windows on your computer. So it's basically instead of having all of these different versions, you have a core that just moves around and people put on top what they need. Well, Google's already kind of doing that right now with Chrome OS. You think about the Android apps that they just added into there. So now you've got that integration. And then they're adding things like the split-, split screen multitasking and some of the other features that Android phones have into the Chrome OS. And this author in this article is basically making the case that he thinks basically Chrome OS is going to be on all the Android phones. It's going to replace and be the sole OS. Whether you're on a Chromebook or you're on your phone or a tablet, you're on Chrome OS. There won't be Android Marshmallow and all
2: that type of stuff
0: anymore. Thoughts?
2: That's not gonna happen.
4: No, <laughs> <laughs> too, too many, too many people out there who take the base Android system and then put their own overlay on top. Mm-hmm. Would they be able to do that with Chrome OS?
2: Sure. Well, the whole point about it is like the Chrome OS is is, is very different beast than Android. So like hmm. the, the being able to use certain pieces of Android in Chrome OS is fantastic because it means you can actually like install applications <laughs> wow. and the crowd goes wild. Yeah, exactly. But like, that's a good improvement, but it's still Chrome OS and Android is a very different beast and a very different yeah experience. Like just, just the, the having a different core or having the same core with a different interface would be good, except the cores for Chrome OS and Android are so drastically different mm-hmm. that they'd have to, like, basically rebuild one of the two. So I, I don't think they were going to – I think they're just making it so that Chrome OS is more of a viable desktop option for people who are like, oh, I want what, – what, Google makes this, and Google makes this my phone. Why can't I have this application on my laptop? You know, I, I think it's what they're really focused on.
1: I think the biggest thing with this is that – you have you have this article talking about you know switching over or replacing but the way google uh, the way they let out programs like you know where two users get it and 15 million don't that's what you'd probably have
0: (laughs) or that or it'll they'll release just a third operating system that's supposed to be the replacement for everything that stays in beta and never comes out and then you have three of them out there i mean that's That's typical Google moves right
2: there. Yep. Technically, if you want to count Chrome OS and Chromium OS, they sort of have it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. We're already working on that feature.
2: Yeah. They're actually working on their own kernel too. (laughs) So, yay.
1: Yay. (laughs) There's an article here for eight essential apps for new Linux users. So, we're going to go through this and we're going to give our thoughts on, well, we're going to give you the eight apps that... This article talks about for new Linux users. And then we're going to give you what we think. So here's the list in no specific order that you must have. If you're new. If you're new. And on GNOME. No. (laughs) New. And on Linux. So Chromium, LibreOffice, GIMP, Mm. VLC Media Player, Jitsi.
0: Naturally. Everybody
1: thinks about Jitsi everybody um, Jitsi. synaptic Jitsi. virtual box <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Seb, exactly uh i'll Ri- i'll riot solitaire
0: yeah you gotta have solitaire naturally so I mean,
1: ryan do you agree
0: no this is this is not a great list <laughs> of must-haves it's it's really not like for the browser number one chromium's fine i love chromium chromium's great it's got a lot of great app you know uh Use cases for it, it's but not as good as Chrome. Here is what I would tell a new user:
2: Firefox. Right, you're right. Yeah,
0: so use whatever Chrome. browser you used in your other OS, because you yeah, don't want somebody to have.
4: They all work. Hey, Internet Explorer on. Linux.
0: Well, you enter, you Internet Explorer, you don't belong on Linux anyway, right? Yeah. I
2: mean, Amen. Internet Explorer has been replaced by Edge anyway, so there. You know, yeah. If, I mean, so uh, the Edge.
0: I would say, browser-wise, you go with what you're familiar with. LibreOffice, of right. course, fantastic, but it comes with most, you know, most distributions. GIMP, VLC Media Player, sure. Jitsi. Uh. Wow.
1: Yeah. I mean, wait, we're talking about new Linux users here. I don't even think that new Linux users could get Jitsi installed because of how many things you have to download and install in order for it to work.
0: Dependencies. I
1: mean, really?
0: I mean, Synaptic, I wouldn't even recommend for a new user. I would tell them stick with the store. Mm. I mean, there's no reason not to stick with the store. Uh, VirtualBox? It's pretty, I mean, VirtualBox is kind of advanced. I don't look at, think of a new user as just drop jumping into VirtualBox. I mean, some of ah. you would. And, and Solitaire game, why? Does anybody even play that on Windows anymore? Isn't that just like a Windows thing? <laughs>
1: Wait, I actually play Tux Solitaire. What you
0: tell them to put a new user on. If you want to give them one game, it's TuxCart. I play Solitaire sometimes, dude. Oh, uh, that's sad. I do. Okay, it's not <laughs> often,
1: but I play it every once in a while. For a new user, yeah, I don't I don't care about IsleRot.
2: Well, there's there's, this there's, there's I mean, Riot. essential, though. Essential.
1: Yeah, essential. Yeah. Well, I guess they're throwing in a game to show the new user that there's games available in Linux.
0: You know what you do to do that? You tell them to download Steam. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's yeah. how you tell a new user that there's games in Linux. You don't say, "Oh, we got Solitaire, aren't you happy you switched?"
4: <laughs> we also
2: have Minesweeper, when <laughs> you want to play yeah, exactly. Okay, did so did anybody
4: actually play Minesweeper though on Windows? I oh, know. Did
2: yeah, all the time. I did. Yeah, yeah. I'm so a pro. What's wrong with you?
4: Great
0: time killer.
2: <laughs> it's <an> esports.
4: Esports.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's always one in full. All right, guys. we should so... start a new Twitch channel where we all play Minecraft live. <laughs> Give me something hot. you would add, Ryan i told you steam 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 okay yeah. zeb
1: what would you add
4: well i'd take the bottom four away <laughs> you um, would
1: take away uh Jitsi synaptic, Jitsi, virtual, synaptic virtual, box.
4: virtual box and oh uh solitaire yeah yeah there's there's no point in having those i know everybody rants and raves about vlc media player but i just don't get on with it i use sm player
1: i totally agree zeb sm player best media player MVP. ever Yeah, absolutely great
2: <laughs>
4: um Um, but other than that i can't think of anything that they must have
2: yeah must have is is the essential aspect of it is where it it breaks like none of these are essential like a browser is essential but any particular browser you want it's fine
4: uh, that's right and the same and the same with office you don't have to have a full-blown office suite you could just get yourself um i can never remember the name of it begins with a Abbey word yeah, I, know I don't, I don't
0: know. You could say any browser would be fine. What's that one, Squeaky Weasel or whatever that comes? <laughs> like, I mean, that stuff looks
3: terrible. <laughs> weasel.
1: I don't <laughs> think there's a browser weasel. called Squeaky Weasel, dude. I don't know.
0: Barrett or it's, some type of rat Chrome name.
1: OS is affecting your Mensa membership. Dude. <laughs> there's,
0: there's some type of rat named browser out there that looks like junk to me. I like think right. it's
2: 1994. Michael, what would you add or take away? Um, I mean I would as far as takeaway uh all of them except for LibreOffice and VLC. Uh I don't think I think most of these are a bad choice. I mean Synaptic is, is not remotely new user friendly. Um VirtualBox is like that's an advanced tool anyway. Most people don't even know what virtual machines are. Uh Jitsi is yeah, you've already talked about that. It's fantastic. It's not it's not essential. No. Uh, VLC is like the only one I could think of that makes sense. Cause people are going to be familiar with it. So yeah. you might as well. It's true. And with the, this is like something for users to get. If they're Firefox users, they don't even have to install their browser. They already have it. So like, it's almost, it's the default for all, most distros. So like th- this lip, this could, this list could be one essential app and that's about it.
0: that makes for a less exciting title the one essential (laughs) app you must have for linux
2: yeah well i i mean i I think vlc is 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 not as good as sm player or mpv either one of them is better than vlc Mm -hmm. but vlc is going to be something that people are going to be familiar with on windows so it might as well be on the list
1: you're right so my question is then why is Jitsi not why is Jitsi on here and not skype for linux
2: if, well, I mean, Skype for Linux is like is brand new, and it's like the Electron people are not liking that. Yeah, but what I'm
1: saying is, if you have a new Linux user, they're going to be familiar yeah. with Skype.
2: Yeah, why so. not do Skype or or Telegram or something like that that right. people have actually heard of?
3: Yeah,
4: or even uh, WhatsApp for Windows, or you know, WhatsApp. Yeah.
2: For... Well, what's that for Linux is is like is awkward. I guess that's why they skip that. Well, they put Jitsi. So who knows? <laughs> but like you know, Synaptic, keep your own. Store that you already have. Um, uh, the GIMP part is like, it's probably the best free editor, but it's so complicated. So I wouldn't call it essential. I would say like maybe Pinta or MyPaint or something like that. That's more simple, but it does basics, but it's really simple.
1: Well, okay. But that's also coming from the perspective that the new Linux user isn't very technical either. There are, there are, there are technical. Yeah. But what I'm saying is there are users who use Photoshop on Windows. So, so this, I said about, you know, like I think GIMP should definitely be on there because, you know, you're going to have people that are of all technical levels. So yeah, I agree with the GIMP thing. I mean, mean,
2: GIMP's a fine program. I I do like it. I just, I don't know if it'd be, I would consider it essential. I would, I would
0: think say you'd it. want photo managers and your basic, yeah, like Shotwell or something. Sense, you know, essentials mm-hmm. in there that people can use. They
1: should definitely have Thunderbird on that list, I believe. Oh don't yeah, you
2: think? yeah, I agree with that um,
1: totally.
0: Thunderbird, so-
2: Thunderbird, like some email client at all, because like, there's not one by default. <laughs> anything, you might as well have put something there.
0: Yeah. So speaking of Skype, it's it's come to Linux via Snap. So it it is new, as Michael mentioned, but it's been in the news this week that it's gotten snapped on Debian, Ubuntu, Arch, ArchSUSE, and more, you can now utilize this app. So is Microsoft making a play for a universal chat platform to basically keep up with the likes of Discord, Telegram, Slack, Mumble, all these, and trying to pull away some of those? Is this necessary because Skype is something a lot of businesses use? And from a networking standpoint, a lot of them are on Linux, uh, obviously from a back-end server standpoint, so they're adding Skype in there. Or is this just Microsoft playing ball in a nice, open, friendly, family picnic of Linux and Microsoft?
4: I think it's because they don't care, because they don't have to care. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the other question is as well, does it work as well as it does on Windows?
2: Yes. It does. The, the, the reason why, I mean, there's certain features that they they've been rolling out slowly. But as far as like everything that's there, is it feels the same. But that's because they're using Electron, and right. and the reason why, like the reason why they they split to Electron, so every system, Windows uses Electron version two, and the and that allows them to not have to put much effort into the Linux side as well. Mm-hmm. So like they're just going to be like turning on the Linux build and then testing to see if it works or not. And if it doesn't, we'll tweak some things and whatever. But as far as like the majority of their work, it's all in the same code base. So they don't have to care that much. And I think that, that that's the reason why they're putting more uh, support into uh, Linux side of things for Skype because they don't really have to put, they don't like the old version was cute based and they, it was a completely independent thing and it required a completely like unique work. In this way, they can just skip all that.
1: Yeah, but I would argue that they do care because there's been a pattern of Microsoft um, just, uh, you know, they're making changes or making additions to where, you know, with all of the Linux stuff enabled in Windows itself, they're, they're showing a pattern of caring. And like years before... They had nothing. There was nothing for Linux. Mm, And now all of a sudden you see one by one things that, you know, didn't work before now work or they're incorporating it into Windows itself or they're allowing their applications to work on Linux. So
2: I think SQL server and stuff. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I think they have a pattern of caring. I don't know what the. the...
0: I don't know if caring is the right word. Okay, I don't mean
1: caring (laughs) and they care about you. I mean, they care about the fact that Linux is there.
0: Yeah. I think they're starting to take notice. I, I agree. I think I don't, I don't think that they don't care about what's going on in Linux. In fact, I think they're either wanting to partner more closely, and this could be, or they are doing what Microsoft has done in the past, and that's kind of uh, starting to integrate themselves within the platform um, to try to stop some of the potential damage that Linux could cause. Is Linux causing them damage right now? Well, in the server world, yes. Yes. Uh, in the desktop environment, not yet, but I think they're starting to see some of those trends shifting, and they may be worried about that.
4: Are they are they heading towards where they have an operating system that is? Well, is it Windows or is it Linux? Because it works in both worlds. Can yeah. can that sort of can they meld the two OSs together so that you can have Windows? You can't do that now.
0: Well, they're trying. They're in a, in a, kind of a way they've got the bash option within windows now
4: they're trying to
2: provide developers to like it's it's the microsoft approach is provide developers who want linux tools to use them in windows yeah directly Mm -hmm. whereas they uh, the linux idea is get people used to using these tools in windows and maybe they'll just switch completely so it's like, they're both trying to use each other for the same purpose right. of keeping either people keeping them on windows or moving them off windows, but it's the do the same thing that, it, that accomplishes like potentially could accomplish both. So mm-hmm. like, I, I don't think and when I say that they don't care, it's more like they don't care about, uh, not having to work on it. Like the reason why they can, I'm saying they don't, they don't have any reason not to make it for Linux. Because there's the work is the same on either on either platform, so they don't have to. They don't care about like, oh, well, this is extra work. We might as well do it anyway. Like right. it's just it's just fine. That's what I, that's what I meant. They don't care. Right. But as far as like, they're changing like the SQL Server stuff, the .NET open sourcing, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff is really cool. They're also doing things that are awful and terrible. But you know, wait, fine. do you hear that?
1: that? That that's the that's the Windows meter. We're talking too much about Windows on the oh, Destination Linux off. podcast. It gone it's, off? Gone off. Okay. it's gone off. It's gone off. Thank goodness we got that meter installed. So let's talk about something that, like, everybody loves. Everybody? Okay. We all love
2: Most people. It. Most people.
1: All right. So, Ryan, I know that you've had a great week. Oh, so <laughs> but good. But have you been playing anything this week?
0: No, I, I, I haven't <laughs> been able to play anything. Because I've been busy learning phase three and four, Rocco. I'm on phase three and four. I actually I actually so played. The what game are we What
1: are we going to do me. without what I've been playing this week? What well, we I did I
0: did play the tutorials oh, okay. of the game you gifted me, Warhammer. Yeah, and it is really awesome. So first of all, thank you. Second of all, for those interested, Warhammer forty thousand is basically taking StarCraft and putting it in the Warhammer world. You're building your bases, you're building your armies, you're doing massive uh, attacks, you know, as you build up different types of soldiers for different types of fighting. They add some elements in there that are really interesting that aren't even in StarCraft, uh, such as, you know, having only certain soldiers that can penetrate certain barriers that the enemies might be behind, be behind, etc. So very, very cool uh, game that I can't wait to get into and play the full uh, on edition of it. But I did get through the tutorials and I didn't die, so I fancy that a win.
4: Can I? Can <laughs> be able to send awesome. your truck and just run over everybody? <laughs> you bring your Rocket League or Euro truck, truck in my, there? Yeah, I going to bring the truck. Me, Euro <laughs> truck simulator, and do it, and just drive over the top of people. <laughs>
0: You know, it's everybody so on here does is not a real gamer. You all play just two games and call yourselves what? gamers. No, you play it's we, embarrassing I, I, I we play, play so the game. Games.
2: I play I play the game that is the most important. It is the only game you need to play. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Thunder Rolls It's it's in his in own category. Strikes. Yeah, it's it,
2: gaming and there's Rocket League. Rocket League, exactly. <laughs> you, you don't even need to like classify it as anything other than Rocket League. It yep. is
0: Rocco. there's music and there's garth brooks the only thing i listen to is garth brooks the only game i play is Rocket league wait the, the most hilarious thing was we were
1: talking the other day about this podcast episode and i we started somehow getting on this conversation and he starts playing thunder rolls in the
0: background but but here's the best part It was only on for three seconds. And he goes, you're playing Thunder's Rolls. He knew it immediately. Of course I know this
2: song, dude. It's
0: the only song I listen to. You don't need to listen to any other song.
2: I mean, I would disagree with that. But Rockily, I agree completely.
1: (laughs) Okay, so have you ever wanted a Linux distro to be a gaming distro?
0: All Linux distros are gaming distros,
1: Rocco. Of course they are. You yes. can make any distro, a gaming distro. Sure. But do you want one designed specifically for gaming? Does that matter
4: to you? Isn't that called Steam? <laughs> <Isn't> that <it?
0: laughs> Haven't
4: they got yeah. one already? Basically. Well,
0: well, I think certain certain distros certainly cater to gaming more i mean they have pre-installed games and things more fluently out there uh then you know obviously we can go and install whatever we want when i think about when you ask that question though it was interesting because it made me think what I, i instantly i went to like a console with a linux based gaming console and i was like yeah i want that um so from that aspect sure but as far as just distros installing in general some of them do them better than others All right, so there's an
1: article that talks about the best Linux gaming distro. Yeah. And they mention SteamOS, Ubuntu Ubuntu Game Pack, Fedora Game Spin. Some of these I had never heard of either. Never Never heard of the Game Pack (laughs) one. Sparky Linux Game Over Edition. Ryan loves Sparky Linux. Um, Huge fan. Okay, so then there's Game Drift Linux. Even Solus is mentioned as one of the best Linux gaming distros and it's the manjaro gaming edition
0: manjaro games fantastically all these all these distros i don't play with fedora because of the wayland and the nvidia just don't play well together uh so i haven't used that one but all of these ones i actually have used sparky linux game over edition because when i did my video about not liking sparky linux that much and i didn't say i didn't like it that much so i just had a lot of issues. my my video's title was do i need to read lots the video? of spark no fire <laughs> I mean that's not
2: terrible. It's got sparks. It's a it's a good pun. Wasn't yeah, that wait?
0: Wasn't
1: that the Atlantis Morissette video? Yeah, yeah, yes, it was, I thought. Video. <laughs> uh,
0: but look, uh, Sparky Linux Game Over Edition. I actually enjoyed for the fact that it had a lot of the pre-installed emulators and things like that out there. Now you can do all this in any distro, but yep. this this just makes it easy because you install it and you've got it all there and you can start using it. And so, yeah, I didn't know about some of these, though, either. Uh, but I think it's cool that they have distros out there like
3: that.
2: And I, I like the fact that there's, like, play on Linux and Wine and stuff pre-configured for you. Like, that's cool. But, I mean, most of these distros don't seem to have, um, like, they're, they're focused purely on the game part. And I, I would rather them make a package that I could install and it would just do that for me mm. on a system I'm already using. Wow, yeah. That would be fantastic.
4: That's yeah. pretty cool. like idea. a meta package of, of yeah,
2: games. exactly. Like a meta package that I could just install it and it would give me play on Linux, Wine, Lutris, Steam, well, not Steam because you got to do a different thing, but like mm-hmm. all these other things that that'd be really cool. And I and there, each one of these things have their own like flaws, you know. Sparky Linux is great except that it's based on an old version of Debian,
3: mm-hmm.
2: so like that has a problem because the applications that are being available are gonna be pretty old. And then you got um, Fedora already has a problem anyway um uh,
0: <laughs> why don't we all get together and write this that you're talking about michael and when i say by we i mean you write it <laughs> then we put it on elementary os and we get donations from it we
2: could be rich well, we can't we can't because that requires us to have the applications work in their specific way their, <laughs> their ui and, and that has to be gtk and yeah, i'm not gonna do that
1: zeb i'm sorry but there's no euro truck simulator version of any know,
4: it's, it's terrible.
2: So what we need to do is make Rocket Linux, and uh, that would be just the oh, only thing it does is yes. boots right into that's it. That's all
1: you need. You don't need any other this wine exactly.
2: stuff. You just need Rocket League.
1: It's yeah. like It would Rocket. be like a bare-bones system.
2: Yeah, and auto, it auto-boots just straight into the game.
0: That's right. <laughs> well, it launches an
1: make audio so,
2: player, make it just make it so. playing
0: so. Thunder's rolls over and over and over again <laughs> while you're playing Rocket League.
2: Make it so. There is something on here I wish they did actually have that they don't. Uh, it's called LAKA. Have you heard of that one? No. Uh, it's, it's L-A-K-K-A. That, yeah. And it's a uh, like a retro emulator distro specifically for... It's Linux-based and it's like... It does like uh, Nintendo 64... Like uh, RetroPie? Yeah, SNES. It's, it's like RetroPie, but it's more... It's a, it's a distro specific for that that works on any device. Wait, nice. wait. That was a destination Linux faux pas?
1: Laka is mentioned on this article, just so you know.
2: <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Well, uh, sorry about that then. Uh, but Laka is is really cool. I think that's probably the, the of the of the potential gaming distros. Laka is at the top. I, I wouldn't say it's wow. like number one because of like RetroPie and stuff like that. But RetroPie is specific to the Pi, and Laka can work on the Pi and other things. So nice. that's why I like Laka.
1: So it basically it says you can turn any computer into a console.
2: Yep it's really cool and it and it, it the, the people who make laka also make the retro arch package for the emulation platform frameworks very nice yeah. it's it's a it's it's definitely something people should if they're looking at for like uh, setting up their own like retro console they should definitely check out Laka.
1: well I want to get down to the manjaro gaming edition because that comes also with pre-installed emulators OBS wine play on Linux uh, yep. and it's a rolling release. Now, obviously, it's based on Arch, but um, that also seems like it would be
2: pretty awesome.
0: Oh, yeah. is always gamed well. Arch is always gamed well. It's always been fantastic for gaming.
2: Yep. I don't know how I feel about... Um, it's hard. That's like a weird mix. Like, you have the rolling distro that you also have, like, a like you have a, a specific person who wants a rolling distro and a specific person who wants a gaming distro. Those typically don't overlap. Yeah. But if you have
0: cutting edge hardware type of thing, then you want yeah. to,
2: to. Well, that's that's true. That's true.
0: So in the other news, we've got Windows 10S. Again, oh man, our Windows meter is gonna go off. Windows 10S might push Valve to really start pushing Steam OS. I thought this was really interesting because there are two articles here that kind of go together. There was actually a lot of opinion articles this week in the Linux you know, feeds about similar topics about this, but there's a lot of people thinking that this idea that Windows 10 S is going to lock you into the Windows Store, basically. So Steam, you're not going to go out there and be able to install Steam. Now, currently, you can go and upgrade Windows 10 S to the Home Edition, assuming your hardware...
4: You pay 90 pound or something.
0: Yeah, assuming your hardware can handle it, you can upgrade up to that edition. But 60% of the users, they're saying, are not making that transition at all. That's shocking. And yeah, it really is. Because that would be the first thing I would do if I got one of those cheap laptops <laughs> that Windows 10 S on is upgraded. But the most of the people aren't moving, and you're going to have an issue, of course, potentially with some of the announcements they're making with Core and other things where that home edition upgrade may not even be available. So naturally, you would think Steam would be worried about their architecture here if Windows isn't going to partner with them. And I don't know, could they even put it in the store? Would they put it in the store? Would Steam allow it? I don't know, but Steam's not there right now. So yeah. those users have no access to it.
2: Microsoft has requirements that um, make it so that Steam wouldn't work, like, on purpose. So I think... a Requirement, like the, the UWA, I think that's what they call it, where it's like you have to agree to this particular uh, API and to use his API, which locks stuff down to Windows and Steam, is the Valve won't do that.
0: Yep. So I think it's very interesting. Now, on top of that news, to kind of add a little spice into here, Rocco. Yeah. Add a little spice. Add the Valve spice, just, dude. Valve just hired another open source Linux GPU driver developer. So they're starting to invest in this Linux world some more, which I think is really interesting. On top of this news, maybe coincidental. Maybe Steam is humming for Windows and we're gonna benefit from it. And guess what? There'll be more than just Rocket League on Steam, dude.
1: (laughs) Well look, anytime, you know, like Mm -hmm. Valve, they hire an open source Linux GPU driver developer. That's the title. Okay. Anytime that kind of thing happens, we're gonna benefit from it. Yeah. You know, regardless of what it means behind the scenes or or who's driving it. Maybe Windows 10 S is driving something like that. I don't know, but regardless, the Linux community benefits from it because you're going to get more technical uh, expertise there mm-hmm. working at Valve to churn out more stuff, dude. It's it's awesome. And the fact that it,
2: and Valve, Valve is doing it and pushing it for this development it just it just improves. Likely, they improve the GPU stack, uh, you know, in every way because they're they work with both AMD and NVIDIA and Intel and everything. So, like, it, it whatever they're doing is likely to just benefit Linux overall anyway.
0: Yep. And the individual they hired looks like uh, he's got a ton of experience. Lots of contributions to Vulkan driver, which is awesome. Daniel Sherman looks like they hired a pretty awesome dude there to uh, help out with that. So look forward to seeing some of the work he's going to do.
2: Yep. yeah, that's cool. And especially the focus, like the fact that he's a Vulkan developer is, is exciting too, because uh, oh, yeah. Vulkan is, is, is going to be game changing too.
4: Mm-hmm. I agree. Was was a lot of this pushed forward though? Because or did or did I imagine it? That wasn't there some rumor that Microsoft were looking to buy Valve. Or there's a us?
2: rumor like that. like every other year, or so yeah, I think right, that'll
3: okay.
2: happen. Just yeah. like there's there's multiple rumors that that when they say that, I, I bet uh, Gabe Newell just looks at it and just laughs. Like why do you keep saying this? Like never. Wait,
1: wait, wait. Money falls out of his pockets. Half Life Three is coming out. I'm sorry. Exactly. It Confirmed, is coming up. Confirmed. Confirmed. You heard it Concerned here. Confirm on Destination
2: Money.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if we got that announcement? Gabe's on our show and he's announcing Half-Life 3.
1: Gabe, uh, Gabe, come on our show and announce yeah. it. Okay, uh, Just be yeah. open with it. All right.
2: Remember, the half-life is just as important as the destination. That's right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll work on your schedule, Gabe. You just tell us when you're available. We got you. Um, Mad World 2D HTML5 cross-platform MMO. One of the areas that started to really pick up in Linux gaming, and I'm happy to see it, is we're getting more MMOs. And this is an MMO. It's not traditional in the way that it actually runs through HTML5. But to me, it looks really cool as somebody who really, you know, cut their teeth in gaming on MMOs, Ultima Online and that and EverQuest and those games, seeing more MMOs come over, I think is awesome. So Mad World 2D, it's HTML5, which also means it's cross-platform. You can run it on uh, Linux or any any operating system that has a browser. Now you go you may be like, why would he even say that? Well, I went into TurboTax the other day which is completely online. It says, this is not optimized for Linux. Or, yeah, you got to use Windows. And I'm like, and you just click continue, and it works perfectly fine. And what are you talking about? It's a browser, you morons. Anyways, so Mad World 2D runs through the browser HTML5. It reminds me of Darkest Dungeon-like graphics. If you guys have, I know you haven't played that.
1: It reminds me of, like, 2D.
0: Like, yeah, it's 2D, but it's really cool. Kind of dark. It <laughs> reminds
2: me of Pitfall from the
0: Atari. I, yeah. I oh, think it's.
1: I think it's, dear, <laughs> I think it's worse than Pitfall. I think it's worse than Pitfall. I loved Pitfall. <laughs>
0: just, you didn't play Pitfall. You've I only t- played Rocket League your entire
1: life. I've played. I played Pitfall many, many moons ago. Yeah,
0: and asteroids. Maybe Pac-Man once Gallagher. or twice, probably. Yeah. Asteroids was cool. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my God. All
1: right. But there is a game that has really good graphics.
0: Oh, go ahead, Rocco.
1: (laughs) Just saying, dude. All right. So, um, without, hopefully, I'm not butchering the name Canarium.
0: That's what I would say.
1: Canarium. 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 Um, This game, okay. So, it doesn't have, like, say, maybe Battlefield 1 graphics. But what it does have is Mm -hmm. it uses the effects in the world and the lighting to a T. I mean, it it it's so, the atmosphere, it puts you there. Like, you watch the video, and you def, this is like a scary kind of game. Like, you definitely don't want, did I tell you I played Fear? Like, the first time I played Fear. Oh, my
0: God, you played another game?
1: <laughs> Dude, you don't want to play Fear at night. No. Okay? I, I'm sorry. You just don't <laughs> want to play that game at night. And this is the same type of game. I don't think you want to play this game at night. It's just that is so good in the lighting area and the effects and this you don't want to play it at night. Just saying.
0: Did you did you scream?
2: I might have screamed like a girl once. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's a lot of games like that, like Outlast. Yeah, don't play that at night. That's creepy.
3: Yeah,
2: and you're like Outlast is like one of those great like horror games where you're uh, the only weapon you have is a flashlight. And you just hope you don't get caught by some yeah. weird, crazy thing. And it's, it's, it, that's like, I I think I got through like maybe an hour. I was like, no, nope, never touching this game again. <laughs> so
1: the funny thing about this game is it's all right now, as we're recording this, cause we're recording this Friday, it's on sale for eight ninety nine. Have you still not pushed the it, purchase button? It, no. you been
0: talking about it for two days. No, like, it's in I'm my cart.
1: Go. It's in my cart. I just haven't hit the buy button. Sloth. But, um, by the time – this sale ends Monday, so by the time you hear this, this might have ended already. But either way, it would be 19.99, and I still think it would be worth it to buy.
0: It looks pretty cool. It is really cool. But well, guess I what else still it, looks it. cool is Mad World 2D HTML5 MMO game. looks cool too.
1: Yeah, sure, from an i3 user that doesn't care about looks. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Well, I, I can get it for 6 74 and I've still got money left in my Steam account. Rub it in. So,
1: Zeb, you got to pick this up, and next week you got to come back and let us know yeah. what this or, game is like. But you got to play it just,
0: at night. Might,
1: <laughs> with headphones on, Zeb. And record it.
4: I might just buy it and gift it to someone.
1: Why don't you stream oh, it?
0: There. Why don't
1: you stream it, Zeb? Why don't you buy it and stream yeah. it live? <laughs> stream it.
4: <laughs> the light's all, out in your room.
0: Yep. And then donation sounds have blood-curdling screams, so we can try
4: to, like, trip you up. Yeah. Every time I scream, you have to donate a dollar or something.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, I'm serious.
1: Like, if I played that and streamed it, you'd hear me scream
0: like a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I might gift it to you myself, Rocco, to get that recording.
4: Well, that's we'll worth 8
0: dollars we'll 8.99 I mean, all day like,
4: long.
2: Yeah, we'll just collectively put it in the pot so we can we can get you to do it.
4: Yeah. Well, all right, I've done it. I bought it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> nice. So,
1: the only thing better than Canarium right now? What's that?
4: Oh, thanks. I bought it now.
1: All of you our got a good
4: grain, but here's a better one. Yeah.
1: All of the people <laughs> that support you. us, yes, on this podcast, love them. From the patrons to people who just watch on YouTube to if you're just listening to the audio. A big thank you to everybody for watching, listening, and supporting us. The last thing I want to mention is I got a couple emails last week from the prior week's episode about having space issues on Ubuntu Mate, and it was to it was no fault of Ubuntu Mate; it was user error. And I ended up getting it solved through NCdu, but there, I just wanted to mention there's a couple guys uh, that sent in emails suggesting the fixes sash and jeff and dan so i appreciate all of the uh, support you guys give when we have problems and uh, that's what the community is all about so
0: yeah and congratulations by the way of getting your recommendation of a fix in before rocco hopped that's almost impossible <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right so what are you going to do this week ryan
0: Well, I'm going to – I just finished downloading Kitty Neon, so I'm going to get that on a USB and install that on my machine. And then as uh, soon as I'm done with that, I'm probably going to make a video on Crouton, which is now on my Chromebook, man. Nice. I like to put
2: that in salads.
0: When you add Crouton to salads, it's delicious. When you add Crouton to Chrome OS, it's also delicious. Uh, It it just adds a ton of power into – a really cool platform. And I think people are going to really like the videos on that. Nice.
2: What about you, Ron? Is a way to make Chromebooks good. Yeah, exactly. Linux makes Chromebooks
0: good. Chromebooks, Chrome OS is Linux, right? Pure Linux makes (laughs) Linux Chromebooks look good.
1: (laughs) I am going to, okay, so in theory, who knows what, you know, how much time I'm going to have, but in theory, I am going to work on, switching over that backup drive to KD Neon so it's a 500 gig drive so it'll have all of my info on it so I could actually run either this Ubuntu Mate or that drive because like I said I right now I have a uh, Zubuntu on it just as a backup in case Mate fails which it never does so
0: we'll both be on the same distro for the first time we'll be distro brothers <laughs> <That's> rock <right. laughs>
1: <laughs> Seb, what are yeah, you going yeah. to be doing this week, man?
4: Well, it looks like I'm going to be taking up the Destination Linux Challenge and broadcasting Canarium.
0: Yes, <laughs> oh, I, love yeah. it. I would love that nice. if you do that, man.
4: I'm just going to, sometime tomorrow, load up the live stream, change it from wacky races to wacky Canarium, and see how I can wreck Canarium. I can't wait, dude. Oh, well,
0: please yeah. let us know in our in our channel so we know when the yeah yeah comes. yeah. I have
4: yeah. no idea what it's going to entail, but it's going to be, okay, play, never looked at this before. How do I move about? That's so
2: awesome. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Like you don't even know what this, the game's about. I'm just going to play it. Anyway. <laughs> I'm
4: just going to hit the play button and hope I know that it's the usual WSAD moving keys or whatever. The whole
1: time you just hear, ah, ah. <laughs> Michael, what are you going to be doing?
2: Uh, well, it just um, I just did Linux this week in Linux based on the, you know, the future difference, but uh, I'm, I'm doing a lot more of videos coming up um, both in the sense of making videos for projects and making some custom videos for, uh, like, for example, finally doing a video where I explain how to do Unity on Plasma that I made a video last year for. So that's uh, that's due, I suppose. Do you plan on doing
1: any videos on the distros you install?
2: Oh, yes. I have, uh, I'm have. i going to do some videos on each, each one of them, but I'm also doing a product review. That's why I did the install of all of these. I'm doing a product review. I've been for waiting. Some- yeah. So <laughs> so I've been testing a, dev, a device for multi-booting that makes your system able to multi-boot without having to deal with grub or bootloaders or UEFI or anything. You just turn it on, click, you choose this one you want to use, and then you're good to go. And that is coming, that one is coming up maybe the same day this, this is released or maybe Tuesday. So either one is coming up next week for sure.
0: Well, that sounds really good, Michael, but I've got one question for you. You've been hanging out with Dark One and Telegram, by chance?
2: Uh, Somewhat, yes.
0: Yeah, because there's a Microsoft Xbox in your background there, and we know Dark One has Microsoft Surface Book, so I thought you guys might be Microsoft What? Dark One? That's Dark One who runs Linux? Yeah, yeah, he doesn't run Linux anymore. He runs Microsoft Surface Book.
2: I would like to to point you to the bookcase, that contains a, a Xbox, uh-huh. and the same bookcase contains another Xbox, a 64, a Wii, and some other things back here. That's, That's just for show. So you're a what? collector. Yes. Oh, yeah. You, you collect old this, Microsoft the, artifacts? These are both red-ringed. They don't work. So, <laughs> it's just, Microsoft, so yeah. No, exactly. It's not a collector. Well, I guess... It, okay, this is a, a Palm Pilot from HP. No, it's not a Palm Pilot. Mm-hmm. It's a PDA from HP from, like, 15 years ago oh this is a cam score that doesn't work well it does but it's like four four by three did, did you
0: get the xbox to run linux
2: i didn't try before it crashed no so it didn't I
0: try it's like microsoft huh <laughs> wow. really interesting
1: michael this is learning 2000- a lot about you sir <laughs> well look unlike our uh, our ungracious host ryan here right thank you michael <laughs> and thank you zeb for showing up today and helping us out with the podcast all of these are the letting us just
2: community. point out.
1: <laughs> and thank you Ryan for helping me out this week cuz I appreciate it.
0: You're welcome Rocco. Thank you for all you do. This is a big thank you party.
1: Anyway, everybody have a great week and remember the journey itself is just as important as the destination.
0: Thanks everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of Destination Linux Podcast.
1: Should we let him in?
0: What's happening?
4: I'm not. Yo. <laughs> I mean, I was on you time. you guys hear me, one, actually? So. I would <laughs> let him in, but I can't remember the i3 keys to
0: open up. <laughs> That's it. I don't have to put up with this. I've had a bad enough day as it is. That you're putting oh, this bullcrap. <laughs> Picky Teddy bear.
4: Such,
1: such a whiner. I don't need this. I don't need it. <laughs> I got to stop everybody's video, including yours, Ryan. How dare you. So that. So that I can be in the top left. So
0: that I can see what perfection looks like with just me on the screen. Uh
1: (laughs) That doesn't sound like something that I would say. Just saying.
2: That sounds like something I would say.
1: (laughs) Sounds like something he would say. He's like, oh yes, it looks so good now with nobody but me. All right, Ryan, go ahead and start your video. Rocco. What?
0: What is the deal with this gnome thing? What, what do you have a problem with now, dude? No miss, good. It, when you move the toolbar, it puts your launcher over on the far right. Whoever has their launcher on the right.
1: All you got to do this is install an, an extension to move it over to the left. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much true. Yeah. Well, I'm going to take right. the Arch merge process here and I'm going to install Phase five. 1. Phase 1. <laughs> 512 KDE user LTS. And then maybe when 513 comes out and I get irritated because i don't have all the new features maybe then i'll i'll advance to stage two and and install the user edition the regular i'm glad
0: you're not talking about a phase three possibility or phase four because that can only be done by mentally users (laughs) well i can't do that so
2: and change the opacity for and whatever you want i got a suggestion for you there's a there's a guy that
1: on youtube that does kde customization oh who is it what's his name and he's actually talked about this whole feature and sh- oh and displayed it. So you may want to go check his series out.
0: <laughs> where is that on Tux Digital?
1: <laughs> it's it's uh, You know where it's it is coming. on Tux Digital? It's on TuxDigital.com forward slash Linux. <laughs> That's where you it is. You know what we're not oh, yeah, talking
0: about, guys? Good. I tried it in Windows. <laughs> I tried it in Windows. All right. Everybody have a great week. And remember, the
1: journey itself is, is just as important as the <laughs> Yeah,
4: that. Who went wrong?
0: That was terrible.
4: That was perfect. That was perfect. That was perfect. It'll work out perfect. <laughs> this was our final episode. Thank Zeb. <laughs>